while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. And I'm Chris McCarthy. We've got a great show ahead. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Andrea Campbell, candidate for attorney general, is joining us at 8 o'clock. But right now we're joined uh, by Representative uh, Paul Schmidt of Westport. Hey, Rep. Schmidt, how are you doing? Marcus and Chris, it's great to be uh, on WBSM. It's an honor. Thank you for having me. Uh, Thank so you. We had Mike Rodericks on last week, and he actually broke some some statewide news about you know their pl- the plans for the economic development bill and and the checks and all of that. But oh, geez, uh, what do you say about the? He, uh, you know, but that's what everybody's asking. He's saying it's about two point five uh, billion dollars that you know the checks that they had originally planned aren't going to aren't going to make it probably not going to make it in the final bill because of the 62F law, but there's going to be a lot of good stuff for, you know, like South Coast health and the hospital system and yes. mental health and, and climate uh, climate action. So it was a good, it was a good conversation. Um, and of course, if you hadn't heard it, you can listen to it on the podcast. But what he said to us off air uh, is that you, he thinks you are one of the hardest working people in Beacon Hill. Well, I, uh, you know, I really appreciate that. I, I, I uh, Marcus, coming, coming I from I actually up, the hardest working I, guy. I hope I can live <laughs> right, up right. to that. Uh, right. But, yeah. uh, you know, my philosophy is uh, that, uh, w- first of all, this is an incredible honor as a job. Yeah. And it's one that you don't have forever and ever. You, you get to do it for a certain number of years. Right. And my thinking is that you just owe it to the people you represent to do the best job you can while you're in office. And then you say goodbye and go back to your farm or whatever it is that right. you do in right. real life. So, uh, yeah, I it, try to that, work hard. But, and, and you're in his old, you're in his old seat right. before he, he graduated to the Senate. That's that, that the, the seat you're uh, occupying was his before, right? That, that's exactly right. And, and by the way, he didn't say that, go back to the farm metaphorically. He literally <laughs> is a farmer. And we'll talk more about that because I find that to be really, really interesting. But you know, that was one of the old sayings, right? Then, then the founding fathers would leave Washington and go back to the farm. This man really is going back to the farm. But I got to tell you, I've, it's been such a honor to work with Senator Rodericks. Mike is a super guy, uh, and uh, together I think we've done good things for Westport, for South Coast, and he's done such fabulous things uh, for the Commonwealth now in his current position. So, great partner. So, Rep. Schmid, uh, you 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 have uh, an opponent. Uh, you're running for re-election. You have an opponent. What's the differences between you and your opponent? Oh, I think that uh, I look at my record of accomplishments. That's really what I run on is uh, I'm kind of a get things done type of guy. And I'm not so big on politics and everything that goes on up at Beacon Hill. And uh, there are certainly times that uh, I don't toe the line uh, with the speaker. Uh, so I don't necessarily have the most prestigious uh, committee <laughs> post, uh, but uh, I try to do things that I think are best for my constituents. And to me, that's 
all about getting things done and bringing money down uh, to the 8th Bristol District. And I think I've done a real good job on that. So, um, Paul, Representative Schmidt, um, you have probably the most eclectic district. You probably deserve frequent flyer miles just for, for how big it is. And you have so many different interests. For the, for the edification of the audience, just list the communities that you actually represent. Yeah. Chris, you're absolutely right. I've got a fabulous, uh, just, I love it. Right. I represent all of Westport. I represent the Flint and part of the Maplewood uh, in uh, Fall River. Right. I have two out of three precincts in Freetown. Well, I guess you could say I've got Freetown and I don't, and Rep Fiola has a sonnet. Yes. Okay. I think that, that, yeah. that's maybe that's. As an, as an originally Freetown kid, that's how we differentiate. <laughs> <laughs> There's a sonnet. That's the capital of Freetown. Yeah. I, you know what? That is. I, Chris, I knew you were. I, I knew that was coming. <laughs> okay. When I was a selectman out there, it would, the stationery would say, Town of Freetown Board of Selectmen. <laughs> A sonnet, Massachusetts. That was our address. A sonnet, not Freetown. A right. sonnet. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Anyway, and so two, uh, precincts two and three right. in uh, Freetown. Uh, I and formally I had three precincts uh, in New Bedford, the way north end. But uh, in redistricting that happened two years ago, uh, and everybody got moved around, particularly into anybody anything to do in New Bedford. Right. Yeah. Uh, I gave up two precincts in New Bedford and picked up two precincts in a Kushnet. Right. And I have spent the last nine months uh, getting to know people in a Kushnet, and I find I love it yeah, because yeah. it's very similar to Westport. It is very similar right. to Westport, yes. So it's a small town, and people want to have it stay that way. So I also still want represent one precinct in New Bedford. Right. My heart will always be... <laughs> with New Bedford. Uh, so five communities. Uh, and that, that precinct is still in the far north end, uh, is my understanding? Yes, it's precinct 1C and 1B1, which is basically Trukey's up almost up to Braley uh, Road. And you, uh, we, we just heard your ad um, today running here on WBSM, and uh, one of the things you talked about was uh, keeping sludge plants out of New Bedford. Can you um, uh, talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so, uh, you know, Parallel Products uh, uh, has a glass recycling plant right now, and for the past couple of years, has been trying to get permitted to uh, receive and process municipal sludge. Now, uh, that in itself, somebody has to do it. Yes. Right. Yes. Do it. However, the folks who live uh, across Phillips Road uh, really believe that a sludge plant in their neighborhood is going to hurt the value of their property. <laughs> and for those folks, their home really is yes. their major yes. asset. It's their 401k. Yes. Right. And they are very concerned about the value of their property and representing them, I felt, I don't know the pros and cons about sludge plants, but if people really believe it's gonna affect their property, then I'm gonna do everything I can uh, to keep it out of here. And uh, I'm, I'm, I, I think it's pretty much a done deal that uh, it is, it is gonna be kept out, so. Uh, we're speaking with Representative Schmid um, of 
Westport, New Bedford, <laughs> right, Cushnet, right. Freetown, Fall River. Uh, so, yeah, we were, we've were we talked about this before, and I know you were on Mayor Mitchell's uh, press statement about it, um, but it was it was the best deal that could could have possibly gotten done with Parallel Products. And we know that there was a lot of people in North End that um, were opposed to it, but um, keeping it as environmentally friendly as possible while maintaining, I think, the, the um, you know, as best uh, the quality of life in those neighborhoods as they could, I, th- I think it was the best deal possible. I, I think, Representative Schmidt, that what you and the mayor and the other folks involved did was to keep the decision as made as locally possible without leaving it in the hands of the courts. Because um, I don't think the courts would have gotten the deal you guys got. I, I really don't. Um, I don't think they would have had the same considerations that you folks had yeah. for the folks that live over there. Keeping in mind that Parallel Products has rights. I know people don't really want to hear that or accept it, but and they wouldn't have started the project if they hadn't done their homework. They spent a lot of money not to lose a lot of money and industry has rights i mean it just they do and so i think you guys did craft the best deal you could get 508-996-0500 we've got a call let's go to it good evening you're live with rep schmid hello representative schmid um i wanted to talk a little bit about the sheriff's race because i've heard some rumors that you're gonna sit this one out and potentially won't back a democratic challenger to uh sheriff hodgson Sheriff Hodgson uh, continues to question the 2020 election, undermining faith in elections, even though Joe Biden won that one fair and square. We've had two deaths in Astry just in the last two months. More people die in Hodgson's jail than in any other county jails in the rest of the state. Um, and also, just in the past 10 years, um, Bristol County taxpayers have paid $4 million plus just for Tom Hodgson's legal fees, let alone all of the settlements and all, right. all the payouts that we have to pay. So, Rep. Schmidt, like, if, is that true? And if so, how can you, as a Democrat, uh, like, countenance Sheriff Hodgson? Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. So, um, I guess he's asking if you're going to weigh into the sheriff's race uh, yeah. at all. Well, and the uh, caller is right. Uh, I uh, am staying out of the race. I'm actually uh, really focused on my own race, and uh, I want to work as hard as I can for the people of the 8th Bristol. Okay. So, we're speaking with Representative Schmid. Um, just talk about, like, what are the, you're, you're, you're talking with, your, you know, your your district's expanding uh, in, a, in a, or I guess has been reshaped in a certain way. Um, but you've always represented Westport. You've always represented the North End, New Bedford, and Freetown, et cetera. What are some of the, uh, and Fall River, what are some of the most common issues uh, across your very uh, diverse and eclectic district? Sure. Well, I think right now, of course, the issue of inflation uh, is the one that I hear most of. Uh, it's, it is really killing uh, our people's pocketbooks. And what can I, as a state representative in in a state, do? Naturally, so much of inflation is driven uh, by international uh, currents. Uh, So I can't necessarily change the rate of inflation, but I think I can do a couple of things. One is I've been a strong advocate for one piece of the economic development bill that uh, Senator Rodericks talked about with you last week. And, and that is, uh, the, we have a senior circuit breaker right now. And that says that if a senior is spending more than 10% 
of their income okay. on their housing. And their housing costs are either their mortgage and property taxes or their rent. Okay. So if you're a senior living on a limited income and you're spending more than 10% of your income on your housing, then uh, you get a tax credit uh, from the state. However, that tax credit has been capped at $1,000 a year. And one piece of the economic development bill would increase uh, that cap to $2,000. So that could be real money uh, to our seniors, and I think very helpful to them in in an inflationary period. You know, it's, uh, you know uh, hopefully that bill can get passed uh, sometime in uh, informal sessions. I right. think I think Senator Rogers expected it to because he said the bonding wouldn't get done right, because, because that has to be informal sessions. So. Right. Um, 508-996-0500. I think we'll take a break now. Yeah, take a break, Let's yeah. take a break now and then we'll be back. Uh, if you're on the line today, this is South Coast Tonight with Chris Marcus and Representative Schmidt. Good request, Rep. Schmidt. Thanks very much, uh, Marcus. <laughs> Anything by CCR always uh, works for me. <laughs> We're speaking with Representative Paul Schmidt of the 8th Bristol District. Let's just say all of South Coast. I yeah, think. right. Yeah. Cushnet, New Bedford, Freetown, Westport, Fall River. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, you, you're the only rep that has both Fall River and New Bedford. Right. I uh, think that is correct. I'm not sure that uh, there's ever that has ever been a rep district that encompasses both. Been great though. I love getting my nose into things that are going on in New Bedford and in Fall River. I take yep. So, uh, Representative Schmidt, you you have a unique background. Um, you're a veteran. You're in the Marine Corps. Um, you're a farmer, as I joked about at the beginning of the show. Um, you're a gentleman farmer. Um, talk a little bit about your experience and how it influences your ability to represent this community. Well, yeah, you're right, uh, Chris. I uh, did have the honor of serving in the Marine Corps. My service was not as consequential right. uh, as many others. I served during the Vietnam War, right. but I was not in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time on active duty, actually, in San Diego, uh, uh, which it, it, all Marines listening will know that we always referred to San Diego Marines as Hollywood Marines. <laughs> uh, but I was, I was there after doing Paris Island and Camp Lejeune on the East Coast. And uh, uh, But, of course, uh, if uh, the Commandant had wanted me uh, wherever, I would have been there. But Well, so. I, I was like to point out to people, you, you were in the service, you served honorably. It was up to the Defense Department whether you went to Vietnam or not, right, quite frankly. That's, that's correct. Right. What an experience, and I often think... Uh, that uh, wouldn't it be wonderful in this country if we had some kind of national service? And uh, that doesn't have to mean that everybody has to join has to join the Marines. Right? Marines wouldn't want every correct. <laughs> correct. You just have to get that in. But uh, so it doesn't have to be. You don't have to necessarily uh, serve uh, in the armed services. Uh, but you know, Peace Corps. Uh, right. Teaching here, uh, America, AmeriCorps. I, I, I just think that everybody ought to have that experience of being thrown in with a bunch of people, different backgrounds, different religions, different colors, and you're gonna bunk. 
either on top of them or below them or next to them. Right, right. You, 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 you got to get along. You know, uh, Representative, <laughs> I, I, did, I did a hitch, and I always think it's, it's uh, it changes your life. And I always find it a little weird, if not if you didn't serve, but if you couldn't make it, say, for instance, right? I mean, there are people out there who just couldn't make it, you know? Yeah. And um, it's a big deal, really is. But you made it. I made it, you know, yeah. certain people make it or certain yeah. people don't. Yeah, what'd uh, you serve in, Chris? Uh, the, I was in the Army. Um, yeah, good for you. And, you know, again, I, I my service wasn't exceptional. I got an overseas deployment, but never went into combat or anything like that. And, and I really, as I've gotten older, I'm glad, right? Uh, I don't know how I would have done, but yeah. I was ready to go. Yeah. I, um, but you, you're also very much involved in the agricultural community, yes. right? Yes. Um, talk a little bit about that, how that reflects it. I don't, you know, again, I think your people in the Cushton, Freetown, um, in Westport understand the agricultural, the importance of agriculture to this district yes. and to the state. Yes. But I don't know if people really do, coming and going, see, so realize yeah. what an important part of the economy agriculture is. Yeah. So I, I, I always say, uh, uh, Chris, uh, that you're, you're right. Uh, there are many people who are not actively involved in agriculture. Uh, but do you like to eat? <laughs> if, if, so, if so, then I think you'll probably be interested in the fact that here in Massachusetts, we only produce about 5% of what we eat. Really? Wow. 95% of it comes from out of state and much of it from the Central Valley in California. Wow. And what are we hearing about what's going on in California? Biblical drought. Right. Yeah. The Colorado River is not going to be available to channel water right. into those areas, which don't have water of their own. Right. Yeah. So to me, it's just important. <clears throat> it's important to Massachusetts that we produce more of what we eat. And so that's what I'm all about. And I think there's another benefit to producing what we eat, and that is that local food is healthy food. Right. Well, can you tell us about, because you, you, you yourself um, are a farmer, and you were telling us about how you you know you raise beef cattle. Um, can you tell us a little bit about um, that, uh, that operation that you have going on? Sure. So uh, ours is a family farm. Uh, my father and mother founded it uh, 60 years ago and at that time my father bought uh, part of a beef herd uh, from down on the eastern shore of Maryland and that was a time when beef was primarily was raised on grass okay right. so since then the industry has shifted over to corn mm -hmm. and it's good for the growers because on corn you can get a calf to maturity in a year and a half me on grass, it takes two and a half years. And animals raised on corn have a lot more fat. Right, right. And people equate fat with taste. You know, when yeah. you're eating a nice fat steak, you're actually eating, tasting the fat. Mm -hmm. And secondly, uh, they feel uh, that somehow it's better for you. And, uh, course as as it happens uh that fatty taste is not necessarily good for you and we have many we sell direct to the okay. consumer really the, okay the minimum order uh folks uh river rock farm am i allowed to say of this? course of course yeah <laughs> river rock farm in, in fact Westport. tell us what your returns are on it. <laughs> <laughs> we want to know 
you'd cry if you saw them. But, uh, River Rock Farm in Westport, we have a website. And uh, we sell direct to the consumer. The minimum order is half of a side. Okay. Uh, and, and, and Which is that, about what? That's about 100 pounds. Okay. And you get a mix of the cuts. It's about a third hamburger, a third steaks, and a third roasts. Wow. And, and many, naturally, to do that, you got to have a freezer. A lot of our customers will split an order with somebody at work. Yes. Or with their kids. Right. Or, yeah, or neighbors. So, and in addition, we also always have Hamburg uh, in the freezer if somebody wants just Hamburg. So, what's the name of the farm again? Thank you, <laughs> River Rock Farm, Westport. <laughs> the um, I mean, I find this fascinating. I really do. Um, the The agricultural piece to it because we I grew up in Freetown, as I said, um, but not on a farm. But it really is crucial, and just to move on with that a little bit is that you were actively involved in the fishing conversation regarding scallops i was at those meetings um i've, I've seen the letter you, you you signed and sent to the governor on that it looks like it's going to turn out the right way yeah. um talk a Thank little bit about, about yes exactly yeah. talk a little bit about the fishing industry what it means to the area what your involvement is yeah sure so uh everyone knows that new bedford is the largest fishing port by dollar volume uh, in the United States, that's thanks to the scallops, right? Right. And uh, through interaction between fish, ship fishing industry and uh, UMass Dartmouth, SMAS, uh, they have been able to figure out how to fish uh, in a in a way that keeps scallops growing. In in a and that's a, a it's been amazing for the industry. So New Bedford, of course, uh, very important, but also in Westport. A lot of people do not realize uh, yeah. that uh, down at the uh, bottom of uh, Westport Point, we have a very active commercial fishing fleet. Always have. There's the, a fishing boat is is one of the symbols on the Westport uh, coat of arms. Very uh, so fishing in all its types, lobster, uh, seine nets, uh, scallops, is very important to my district in Westport. So we're speaking with Rep Schmid um, uh, of Westport, the 8th Bristol District. And so, um, you know, we were, we talked about, we've, we've covered this a little bit, but, uh, you know, there was that hearing up in Gloucester. Uh, Rep Markey, who represents the district that borders yours in, in Dartmouth, uh, had went there. Um, representing the delegation, he had said, um, but uh, it was a, they, they they were speaking out along with Mayor Mitchell, speaking out against scallop leasing, and the uh, Fisheries Advisory Advisory Council uh, shot it down. Um, tell us why that's a good thing. You know, it's uh, so important that that the fishing fleet in New Bedford continue to be a locally owned, locally operated. Uh, independent fishing fleet and we've all read the uh, pieces uh, in the New Bedford light mm -hmm. recently yes yeah. uh, about how uh, yeah. hedge fund money has come into it as it gets into a lot of things yeah well will Senat I had him on we talked for an hour about it it's really an incredible story yeah, yeah. and the last thing we want is for a major the major industry right. in New Bedford to be operated from Manhattan by yes. people who frankly could give a heck right, right. about the people. 
Right. So it, it, it is. <clears throat> we don't want to go there. You guys united as a delegation. You were staring. Again, I think people outside of the fishing industry don't realize they were staring down the barrel of a gun. And that gun, by the way, hasn't been aimed in another direction. Just for now, you guys have held it at bay. Yeah. 508-996-0500. Let's go to the phones. Good evening. You're live with Rep Schmidt. Hi, uh, good evening, uh, guys. Uh, Rep Schmidt, thank you for your service uh, in the in the Hollywood Marines. I hadn't heard that term, <laughs> but that's but that's great. I thank you for that. And um, interesting about the fishing industry, I haven't followed it that close. I was in the uh, offshore oil industry, and uh, a lot of the local boat providers were taken over by uh, private equity funds from New York, at least down there. Generally speaking, the the uh, the Bayou uh, Mafia, as they referred to it, the local people, they generally cleaned the clock of the New Yorkers just in terms of uh, financing, as things turn out. But, in, in, but aside from that, I I do have a question of what your uh, role is in you know in, in state government, and that is what's your uh, your stance or your your position on um, expanding or limiting. Um, school charters and, and and school choice for parents and and I'll and I'll and I'll listen. I, that's my question. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you. Sure. Great question, uh, caller, and uh, something that's impacted New Bedford and Fall River very much uh, over the last few years. Yes, and, and, and of course, education is so important. I mean, it's the future. Right. right. Kids are our future. Uh, so our goal is to give them the best possible education, and I'm very pleased that I could be part of the Student Opportunity Act, which the legislature passed three years ago, which yeah. is going to allow West uh, New Bedford and Fall River to raise the spending per student uh, by 50%, yeah. closer to the level that they spend something, up in something Dover. Something like, I know, $25 million's coming this year, and it's like it's funding for the next seven years, something comparable to that. Without uh, an touching, additional $25 million, more or less, each year. Yeah. Without yeah. touching two and a half. Without touching yeah. Prop 2.5, I think it's very important for people yeah. to understand that. Yeah. You guys preserve Proposition 2.5. Yes. Uh, just bringing more state money right. uh, to the Gateway City. So really glad to be part of that. But the uh, the issue of our charter schools, you know, it, philosophically, I'm all for choice. I mean, that's what differentiates the United States from China. Yes. So... Uh, we want that system to continue. However, when it when it comes down to New Bedford, uh, I do feel in the past couple of years that the expansion of charter schools uh, seats yes. that has been kind of crammed down our throats has been misplaced. And I'll tell you why. For a long time, the New Bedford schools struggled. Uh, under the current mayor, we have an excellent superintendent, dynamite superintendent. Can't say enough good things about Superintendent Anderson. And we no. have a great core of administrators and teachers. Yes. And they're, they're improving. Yes. Our graduation rate is increasing. Our MCAS is increasing. We're, we're doing the things we've always wanted to do. But when you take seats away from the district school and put them on a charter school, you're basically taking money out of the system. Yeah. Why is that? Because you're picking a student here 
a student there, an, one from another school, y you don't have the opportunity to reduce expenses uh, in that school because you have to have the same number of teachers and administrators. And, and, and so it really hurts. It really hurts our ability to give world-class education here in Westport. So that's why I voted against, uh, I stood against uh, the expansion of the schools. You've had, uh, I know you've had my colleague, Representative Markey uh, yeah, sure. on here. Yes. He and I had uh, a bill uh, which would say that, okay, uh, let's let a charter school add to its its seats, but let's do it in a specific area where every kid who lives on those blocks is going to go to the charter school. It's going to do two things. One is that will allow the city to perhaps uh, reduce the number of schools that it's funding because you'll be actually uh, taking them from one specific area. And two, we'll now be able to see how well the charter schools do when they have to take every kid on the block. And there's been so much back and forth on that. And I felt that it would be wonderful to have an experiment uh, that I think would really help clarify. Right. I uh, agree. Th that bill was... because uh, Yeah, because now you're just getting basically a... Nine to eighteen percent divestment from net school spending um, for, you know, like you said, just sort of a randomized lottery system that is a limited number of students and a limited number, uh, limited number of, of faculty and all of that. And while we're on the topic, um, this question just kind of came into my head. But uh, one of the things that impacts New Bedford and Fall River and impacts communities like New Bedford and Fall River is the bottom ten percent MCAS requirement for. Uh, charter schools basically saying because net school spending in, in in all communities in the Commonwealth is supposed to be nine percent maximum for charter schools, but if you're in the bottom ten percent of the MCAS scoring, which you can guess which communities those are: New Bedford, Fall River, Brockton, you know, Lowell, etc., um, you get to have eighteen percent of charter, an extra nine percent of net school spending basically leveraged against you. Um, uh, I had Jim Hawkins on a few uh, a couple months ago when that new MCAS decision came down. He said he had about a hundred reps sign a letter, uh, very uh, impromptu, signed a letter to um, try to uh, against the raising the MCAS scores, and he's uh, putting forward a bill to try to um, you know get rid of the emphasis on MCAS. And this is a long winded uh, way of, of asking you, what's your position on the MCAS? Yeah, well, we we definitely need to eat, to test kids. Right. I mean, that's been the basis for uh, Massachusetts' uh, progress in education. Uh, but I think we need to be very careful about how, how we use it. And we certainly should be making an allowance for the past couple of years of COVID. Uh, and another reason that I don't particularly like that, or a gripe that I have with how we use it is that, uh, as you just pointed out, the bottom 10% of schools across the Commonwealth, uh, school districts that is, uh, have to allow a greater proportion of charter seats. Well, that says nothing about the progress that is being made yeah. in those communities. Right. Right. Bedford's a great example. Exactly. We've made great progress, but yes. we're still 
Well, it's funny because they made, the lower they, they've made so much progress. M- Mitchell said this in a school committee meeting. I'll, 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 it, it was a perfect way of encapsulating it. He said they froze uh, they froze New Bedford into the bottom end ten percent uh, designation. He said we've got higher graduation rates than ever. He goes so even if we had escape velocity, which I think was the perfect way of put it, putting it, even if we had escape velocity out of that, we we can't we can't get there because you're taking away more of our funding to leverage these charter school seats onto us. Um, but anyway, I sorry I, I kind of took the podium from you for a second but we're going to take a break yeah. uh, we're here with representative schmid uh and uh, chris mccarthy and marcus farrow here on south coast tonight download the welcome back to south coast tonight i'm marcus i'm chris we're here with represent uh representative schmid so a uh, representative um the um I really, I could do this all night. I find you to be fascinating. Uh, it's the first time I've, I've, I've had an interview with you. Um, and um, really, it, you've got an enormous district, get a lot of expertise on different subject matter. Um, you, you've recently taken over a part of a cushion and you're in Freetown. So I know you have a lot of, even though you're a Democrat, I know you have a lot of Second Amendment voters in those districts who, wa- who are going to want me to ask this. So I'll just ask you. And I know the answer because I watch your history. You're a very strong proponent of the right to, to own a firearm. And you understand the technicalities of firearms. It's you one of the few Democrats who didn't vote lockstep with a speaker, which is probably going to hurt you, um, but not hurt America, on, the, on this recent gun bill. Um, explain your opinion of Second Amendment rights. Yeah, well, uh, I am a gun owner myself. I have a license to carry. Uh, I've had a gun since my dad gave me a shotgun when I was, I think, 12 years old, and he let me wander around the woods in back of our house uh, shooting squirrels. Right. <laughs> I don't think I ever got one, uh, but I certainly learned uh, how to take care of a firearm, and then, of course, in the Marine Corps, uh, I got a little bit even more knowledgeable of it. Uh, we, we do have the right to uh, bear arms in this country, and we've got to balance that. Yes. And I, I'm always trying to balance it. And I did, uh, vote again, I did vote against our most recent gun bill. That was something that was passed by the House, but not by the Senate. Right. And uh, God bless the folks. There were some folks who wanted... Right now, if you have a license to carry, you have to have it renewed every six years. And this bill would have shortened that uh, to every three years, and it would have required you to go back uh, in person uh, to the chief of police, who is the issuing uh, authority, uh, for an interview every three years. And the chiefs all told me, we're stretched at it as it is. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, we don't have a lot of resources. And uh, to suddenly double our workload, why? Right. We already get anytime anybody is convicted, uh, anybody, anytime anybody goes on any list, uh, we automatically Absolutely. get that information. Right. So right. We, 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 number one, we know the people in our town and number to we we get this information from all the our sources so uh i i said i i can't do that and the, of course the powers that be wanted me to but you have to do what's right for your district and i'm i'm uh, happy to say that i am uh, endorsed by the gun owners action league which is a pretty 
responsible uh, group of gun owners. It's not like uh, the NRA. Uh, they have worked very closely uh, with the state house to try to make sure that gun bills are balanced. Right. So. Do, you, do you think the gun laws in Massachusetts as they stand, do you think that they're sufficient enough to both uh, ensure people have a right to access uh, a firearm and um, uh, in, uh, in the best interest of public safety as well? So I think right now uh, everybody agrees that we probably have uh, the most strict gun laws uh, in the country, and I think that uh, they are doing their job, although some people uh, dispute that, but uh, we have a very low rate of right. uh, yeah. of, of gun Yeah, we're bottom 10, 15 and, in, in violent uh, crime. Yeah. So um, I, w I, I can't see anywhere where there is something uh, that we need to do. I would agree with you. I think, I think, I think most people do agree with you. Who, the last thing, we have calls all the time, but who, who say, the last thing I would ever want to do is lose, do anything to lose my gun license. And that's all kinds of things can happen in your life that would cause you to lose your right to a gun license. Yeah, you bet. You know, if you have one, you, you protect it because it's important to you. Yeah. Yeah. So we're speaking with uh, Representative Paul Schmid. Um, we're actually going to take uh, one last break for the hour, and we'll be back. We're also taking your calls at 508-996-0500 if you want to ask Rep. Schmidt a question. This is South Coast Tonight. With, I'm Marcus. He's Chris McCarthy. 1420 WBSN. I was just telling um, Rep. Schmidt how awesome our show is. <laughs> really, it's it's so great. Um, so um, uh, I appreciate you coming on. Right. Uh, I think it was a fun conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. I have really enjoyed it, uh, Marcus and Chris. And uh, yeah, like you just said, uh, you have uh, one of the most up-and-coming uh, podcasts uh, with uh, with Boku listeners. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So exactly. uh, folks, log on to WBSM, uh, and then there's a listen button, yep. and you are listed under South Coast South tonight. Coast tonight, and yeah. you can and you you can listen to all of our podcasts yeah. anywhere where podcasts are offered too. Yeah. Google Podcasts, Apple, Spotify, all of it. We're all there, but. Before we let you go, where can people go to learn more about the work that you're doing? Yeah. So uh, just log on to uh, my Facebook page. Uh, I have many, many followers. Uh, or my website. And, of course, being the brilliant person I am, I could not tell you. Uh, how to what my website Everything's, address is? You know, what? I had Bill Strauss on. He was like, "I'm told that my website, uh, you know, has." Uh, you right. know, it's like I'm told my Facebook feed is logged onto my website. A lot of that staffers that handle that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, but, but, uh, yeah, yeah. But I know it's there. And I know <laughs> yeah. you can find it. Go yeah. Google will find it. Go Google Paul Schmidt. Google will find it. <laughs> Google Paul Schmidt. All right, uh, that's it for the uh, this hour. Again, Rep. Schmidt, I, I appreciate you coming on. I hope you, you come on again um, in the future. And uh, it was a good conversation. And coming up, we have uh, candidate for Attorney General Andrea Campbell. She's calling in at uh, 8.05. And then we're always joined by you at 508-996-0500. Thanks again for coming Thanks on, Rep. Schmidt. Thank you very Thank much, you. Chris. Thank you, uh, Marcus. Really appreciate it. All right, see you guys at 8.